Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, baby! Hello, all you rockers and rockettes. Welcome to another edition of And the Podcast Will Rock. That's right. We are the podcast where we dive into the catalog, the discography of one of the greatest rock and roll bands of all time. Van Halen, I am one of your hosts today, as always, Mark Kamira. But joining me, as always, as well, Corey Morissette. Corey, uh, the early spring is gone it's it's gone, sir. It's uh, winter came back with a vengeance, as I knew it would. Uh, how are you holding up over there? Okay, you say winter came back with a vengeance in your neck of the woods. What's the temperature there? I don't want to say, but it's definitely not as cold as where you are. But it's cold enough, Corey. Okay, it's cold enough in the southern U.S. and and I don't want to talk about it. But how are you holding up? You know, not good, Mark. And I'll tell you why. Because it's still we're under uh, extreme cold warning still. Uh, minus 27 with the wind chill today, uh, no end in sight. And my water heater decided to crap out on Tuesday morning, woke up no. to a giant flood in my basement. So had to, you know, spring for a new water heater. The old one was not even seven years old, but I, I guess that's the lifespan of a water heater. I thought they would last a lot longer. Apparently they don't. So um, had to cancel some summer uh, trip plans that, you know, we were going to see the Foo Fighters in Toronto, had to put the, that on the back burner. To get a new water heater, because you know what? Hot water is important, especially when it's minus fucking 27. It is, but you know what's just as important, at least in my mind, is uh, good old rock and roll, and I am I am devastated. Actually, I'm, I'm super, super devastated for you because of the cold water and the flood and everything, uh, but man, you got to miss the Foo Fighters. Uh, I know this you know is what? not I a don't. Foo Fighters. I you don't, don't, actually, because the Foo Fighters are coming to Saskatchewan for some unknown reason. They're doing there shows in Regina and Saskatoon. So I was able to get tickets to the Saskatoon show, which is actually on my anniversary. The wife and I are there celebrating our, our 14th wedding anniversary 
and we're going to go see the Foo Fighters in Saskatoon. So I'm not going to miss the, the Foo Fighters. I'm very happy about that. Well, but, and awesome. Mark, we're not alone this week. I want you to, to work your uh, magic uh, intro powers here and introduce our very special guest. Well, I suppose I could do that. Uh, I was thinking of giving him a, a more grand entrance, but why bother? I'll give him just the, you know, as grand as interest as he yeah. He's not that grand. He's not that grand. We, you know, he's, he's not that important. But he is important to us. Yes, uh, we 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 enjoy this guy. We enjoy having him around uh, for all of his commentary, for his positive notes, for his less than positive notes, just to bust our chops whenever we need it. We know we can always count on him. You guys, we teased it, and now here he is. This is our special guest for the week. Please welcome New York's own John Mariano. Hey, John. Do you like Van Halen? Because if you don't, you're in the wrong show. What say you? So, so, so you bring me on the Van Halen podcast. The assumption to the audience should be, I like Van Halen. And the groundbreaking question you have for me is, do you like Van Halen? This is I your first assumed. note, Mark. This, this is your <laughs> first note on your intro. Is maybe come in a little hotter next time on what what you're gonna fire off as your big question. Yes, I I, I love and adore Van Halen. At a very young age, 1984 was a seminal um, album of my life. Um, the first Van Halen anything I owned was Diver Down on cassette. Um, I am a huge huge Van Halen fan. Um, they're never my top band I name, but they're always in. My, my, my playlists, they're always on my mixtapes back when I had mixtapes. They're always part of, of what I would call my music vocabulary. Mm, yeah. Well, good stuff. Good stuff. Then guess what? You're on the right show. Well, we knew we knew we had the right guest for this week. So good job, John. <laughs> Thank you for doing the assignment. Uh, no, we love John. Uh, we uh, Corey and I have alluded to it in the past, ep uh, in some previous episodes, but we used to have another podcast together and John was part of that podcasting group. So this is a semi reunion, uh, so to speak. So Hope you all enjoy what we have planned for you today, which is we're planning nothing. We never plan. As you guys know, we spin the wheel and the wheel decides what we talk about. And whatever that is, you know, it's going to be a Van Halen rockin' tune or maybe not so rockin'. I don't know. We're kind of, uh, we're on an, a very interesting trajectory. Corey, I know that we've had uh, some really positive, positive luck with tunes that we actually agree that are pretty rocking they're great but we've we've had some stinkers uh how do you feel we're going to do this week with with john as our guest uh putting out his own personal vibes as we put on our personal vibes how, how do you feel the wheel is going to treat us this time well you know what we've been on a bit of a hot streak since episode nine we've had really good tracks i think and last week uh was a tremendous uh, surprise pleasant surprise chinatown from a different kind of truth was a fucking yeah. banger. Love that song. But because John's here last week, it was a twofer and I liked them both, but because John is here and because John earlier today in a group chat invoked the name of Gary Sharon, oh, I'm no. feeling, I'm feeling it might be something uh, on the more experimental side from Van Halen three, uh, because that would be the kind of thing that, that John invokes. We're not going to get a, a big hit here. I don't think. And I, I'm kind of looking forward to that because John's energy lends itself to something really fucking weird uh from van halen three 
would you, would you say, John, that you're more of a Sharon guy or a uh, Sammy Hagar guy? I'm I'm very much more Sammy Hagar guy. I'm expecting in, in, just to kind of backtrack on what Corey said a little bit. I agree that it's going to be like a, a wet dog fart in here very soon with whatever that wheel is going to hit. Great. Did Van Halen ever record a track called wet dog fart? Because if they did, I'd be very curious to hear it. And it, it's probably pretty rocking. If you know if what? I have to, they, they had one called dirty water dog. So wet dog fart would not surprise me, but I, I was, <laughs> maybe it's I, a B side. You know what? I was cruising around the other day, listening to a classic rewind on Sirius and good station. Uh, in the song, uh, how many say I from Van Halen three came up. And I thought this is the worst fucking song I've ever heard. So I'm thinking that's maybe what the wheel is going to give us. <laughs> oh no. So, wouldn't that be something? Uh, you know, in my, I think you're both wrong. I think we're not going to get, uh, uh, some, some deep cut or some rare song, some crappy tune. I think we are in for a hit. And I, but I don't, I don't know if it's going to be a Diamond Dave hit or if it's going to be a Hagar hit. Uh, it's definitely not going to be a Sharon hit because, sorry. But anyway, I think we're going to get something that we all know and we all adore. And this might be, uh, it's either going to make this show more interesting or I don't know, maybe it'll go a lot smoother than we could have anticipated. I somewhat doubt it, but, uh, what do you what do you think? Should we go ahead and bust out the wheel? Any any uh, thoughts, comments before we do that? Yeah, be, before we do, uh, you had mentioned every week we talk about what Christy thought of last week's show, and what uh, yes. what Christy thought of last week's song, and and we were mm -hmm. both pretty confident that she would love last week's song, and did she? I'll have to let you know when she tells me that she listened to the episode <laughs> <laughs> because I don't think she has. Um, so I will very much yell at her uh later about like why didn't you listen I, I won't yell i'll just go why didn't you listen to the show please you're featured on it i did warn her though that if the song that she has been manifesting for all this time since we started if the song does happen on the wheel i'm gonna have to go grab her and she's gonna have to join the show hey, hey can you guys do a little digging for me the next time you talk to christy sure um, did she listen to the song at double speed or does she listen to the song at actual speed because her criticism good might point. be flawed good point good point hmm. i actually have an answer to that she listens to the show at double speed but the song itself she listens to before the show she just looks to see what we go over and she listens at regular speed Interesting. Well, very, very smart hmm. you know we, we had someone who listened to our old show on feeding the monster who listened to everything as fast as humanly possible and of course, I'm talking about the lovely, the enchanting Christy McGee, uh, who I'm Aww. pretty sure doesn't listen to this show. But but if she did, <laughs> it would be we would sound like chipmunks right now because she listens we, to I think 20 podcasts a day. That's true. But if we re, if we rebrand as a James Hetfield stand show, then I guarantee you she'll tune in every single week. And if we can incorporate Frasier and Metallica, she would be the first listen every single week. I mean. I'm I'm not against that idea personally. <laughs> I, I enjoy both of those things. So, all right, but uh, yeah, that's let's you know what let's just get to it, man, because I'm excited to see what this wheel is going to give us tonight. And I really I just hope it's going to be as entertaining as I'm thinking it will be. Well, here's hoping. And as always, at this time, we turn things over to Mr. Hagar. Here we go. Around. 
Wheel is spinning and we are going to get... Ooh, it's our first track from Women and Children First. Ooh. It's a song called right. Fools. All right, Ooh. Mark, finally we get one from Women and Children First. We haven't had That's one right. from that one yet. Nope, this is our first. And uh, we are the, the, the fool in, in question is definitely me because I don't think I'm familiar with this track. Uh, John, you had mentioned uh, Diver Down was your first cassette. Do you remember, uh, have you ever owned Women and Children First? No, I did not. And I don't know anybody who, I mean, I know people who have, because I know Van Halen fans who were that much Van Halen fans. I just haven't hung out in their room long enough to have heard anything off of Women and Children First. Uh, originally, the song was called I Live With Fools, uh, and it was uh, performed during the band's club days uh, way back when. Um, they obviously reworked it uh, from the original demo. Um, uh, David Lee Roth described it as a heavy-duty Broadway shuffle. So there might be a little more <laughs> David Lee Roth in this song than there is Van Halen Brothers, but uh, oh boy, I, I don't recall this right off the hop, so I'm looking forward to listening to it here tonight. So, so, so are we about to get terrified? <laughs> are we about to hear a Van Halen show team? Uh, potentially, heavy duty Broadway shuffle. I mean, I, I anticipate a lot of uh, flip flop zoobity bops from uh, from David Lee Roth <laughs> if he's going to give it that sort of description. So, if I don't get it, I'm going to be very upset. Women and Children First, I think, is one of the uh, harder uh, uh, Van Halen albums. Uh, of course, this was their uh, third album uh, released uh, way back, uh, March 26, 1980. Um, of course, uh, And the Cradle Will Rock was the big single uh, off this album. Uh, this song was not uh, a, a, a single or, or anything like that. Of course, this album, uh, again, was uh, produced by Ted Templeman, uh, released on Weather Brothers, uh, produced at Sunset Sound in Los Angeles, 33 minutes. Um, this is now the third uh, track on side A for all you vinyl fans uh, of Women and Children First. Uh, and the Cradle Will Rock and Everybody Wants Some was the one-two punch that kicked off this album, which is a fantastic way to start an album. Uh, Fools was, was the third track. So very interested on how this one's going to go here tonight. I'm just going to have to pull up the lyrics ahead of time just to get a, get a sense of what we're, uh, what we're up against on this one. <laughs> Because uh, it, all, those of you who listen will know that a lot of times I'm not I'm not crazy about uh, Dave's writing style, uh, it, it, but it, it depends on the song and it depends on the content of the song. But sometimes uh, he and I just don't see quite eye to eye on on whatever he's trying to. A lot of times I, it's just because I can't understand or uh, fully interpret what he's trying to say in a given song. Sometimes. Uh, so I'm, I'm very curious to see if this is also going to follow that same mold or if I'm going to be surprised at, uh, the, you know, the, the deep thoughtness of it all. Mark, have you ever seen David Lee Roth in an interview? Oh, yes. Because as far as I know, the deep underlying thing of David Lee Roth is sex and partying. So I don't think that you're talking about like diving into like war and peace here. <laughs> You would, you would think so, and yet Chinatown, it felt like he had a lot to say in that one, and it had yeah. nothing to do with uh, you know sex and drugs, at least that I could interpret. Yeah, it was all about uh, Big Trouble in Little China, uh, as far as Mark that, and I could tell. It was great. That's what, <laughs> it's, it's full-on canon. I'm pretty sure he got the inspiration from Big Trouble in Little China. But uh, like John said, uh, that this one was from their club days. 
um, just after kind of the backyard uh, stuff. Um, I'm, I'm guessing it's going to be a little simpler uh, lyrically uh, mm -hmm. than, than Chinatown uh, because Dave, especially at this point, you know, coming off the backyard days where he kind of wormed his way into the group, right? This is before, um, you know, they, they got the deal with Warner Brothers. So the, this is an older track. Uh, I, I'm anticipating something uh, heavy, something fast, and, and something lyrically quite simple. Well, let's uh, let's see if we're right or if we're wrong. Let's see if it rocks or it does not. All right, here we go. This is Fools. All right, Mark, what did you think about the, we're just kind of noodling our way in here, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, uh, it's kind of hard to, uh, I wonder if it's uh, the volume control or if he's just intentionally uh, kind of playing uh, very, very subtly, very quietly. I'm not sure, but it's very blues uh, inspired at the first, you know, first uh, impression. So that's interesting. There, uh, It's not a typical Van Halen intro. So I'm in, I'm impressed with that first of all, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm curious to see where it goes from there. John, yeah, it's uh, it, it's very uh, Zeppelin esque, you know, mm -hmm. play, play, playing with the volume, play, playing with the tone, dan dancing the guitar around the voice, having the voice dance around the guitar. I'm I'm intrigued. I have not heard Van Halen sound like this before, and and if this is a tease as to what the rest of the song can be and we don't just fall into the show tune like we thought and we're going to go a little bit more into into this exploratory um song i'm i'm, I'm excited and I, uh, the van halen brothers very influenced by led zeppelin so uh, uh definitely skewering more towards the uh, alex and eddie side as opposed to the david side here early on uh, oh, yeah. let's let's keep going here Well, that's a little more of uh, what we're used to, isn't it, Mark? <laughs> it's like eruption light. That's what that was. But uh, yeah, what a what a superb uh, re-intro, so to speak. Uh, just giving you that little subtle blues opening and then all of a sudden reminding you, oh, hey, by the way, we're still Van Halen. Rock! And here it is. So yeah, that's more like it. If, if, if this was my band, I would be opening every show with the opening of this song. Right? So Completely. This is everything I'd want to hear. Like, I could hear just what we just heard and not hear anything else and, and leave satisfied after the show. <laughs> Great point. Imagine the, the curtains up, right? And you hear that little noodling and Dave kind of, uh, 
and all of a sudden the curtain drops you get that big right that's a great concert intro that's a great great call there john it wouldn't shock me if uh they did use this song as as an intro at some point uh during their live show career they probably didn't but it wouldn't shock me if they said oh yeah totally we did that all right let's see what else we got here Almost kind of sounds like a, a heavier Aerosmith at this point, doesn't it? Kind of that simplistic kind of blues that dun 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 dun. See, dun. Yeah, See, I felt like it felt like a heavier Elvis. Elvis, what? Well. Yeah, I felt like the the, the the way the bass line was coming in and everything, it had a little like shake rattle and roll kind of feel to it, but like a heavier. Like if Elvis came out maybe twenty years later, what Elvis might have sounded like. Nice. Uh, um, I could see yeah. that. I'm, uh, you mentioned at the top, uh, or at least uh, before we started playing the track, this is one that they repurposed from their earlier days. Is, is that correct? Yeah, they are, were playing this kind of in their club days. So after uh, Van Halen kind of made their name first as Genesis and then as Mammoth mm -hmm. and then as Van Halen around the backyard kind of circuit, they, they once uh, David got in the group, they started playing clubs. And, and that's where this song originated from okay well okay it, it makes sense because this is this is from their third album but yet it sounds this particular track almost gives me the vibe of we are trying to figure our uh our sound out uh this is sort of a song where it's like yeah it's rocking but it's not it's we're not fully van halen yet and but yet this came from their third album so they've already well established who they are and what they can do but it just this song just sort of sounds to me like it's uh early demo Van Halen, if you will. Um, see, 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 but I also think it like thinking about other bands like the Beatles and stuff when they got more experimental later in their career. This feels like they already kind of know who they are, but it's like, do we want to still be that or do we want to push the boundaries a little bit and maybe see where else we could go? Like it almost feels like they're exploring what more than van halen would be at this point right that's a good, um, that's a good point yeah yeah, yeah it, even even opening this this album with and the cradle will rock we already know it's it's still the van halen that we've we've come to love and enjoy uh this so yeah just this song just sort of gave me the vibe of of early kind of early days still trying to figure right. it out and with Corey saying this is one that they were playing back in their in their club days before like way before this album came out that it makes sense but i like well, your interpretation too but, well, no, but also like it's it, it, it it's and the creator will rock and then everybody wants them so they really hammer home yeah this is this is what van halen is now and then it's kind of like 
okay, so now we're giving you a taste. Like, we know that you're into the album at this point because we know these two tracks are just going to be for for generations. Mm -hmm. We're going to give you a third track now, and it might be, it's a new flavor. It's almost like you buy three three flavored ice cream. We got some vanilla, we got some chocolate, and we're going to throw some Rocky Road or pistachio or something in there for the third for the third flavor. It's like, it might not be for everybody, but if you dig this one, you're like, we're going to have some extra special stuff maybe later in our career for you. And you know, and we talked about this earlier, Mark, uh, at this point in their career, you know, back in the seventies, it was record an album, tour of the world, record an album. So uh, this is now the third album in that cycle. They could have been like reaching back for, for material because they had to get the album out uh, fairly right. quick because of the label. Right. So it's like, you know, here's a song that we didn't think was strong enough for Van Halen 1 or Van Halen 2, but, you know, we're going to put it on Women and Children first because we're, we're kind of reaching for material at this point. Yeah. It, it definitely also sounds like, sense, uh, yeah. yeah, it sounds like earlier Van Halen mm-hmm. just, just kind of cleaned up and, and heavier because this is a band, like you said, is kind of firing in all cylinders. And, and to John's point about opening concerts with this song, uh, Fools has only been played 11 times by wow. Van Halen. Seven times in 1976, three in 1975, and one in 1980. So, huh. not a concert staple uh, by any wow. stretch of the imagination, which is kind of surprising because I agree with John. Make a pretty cool opener. Yeah, even if they, even if they didn't play all of the track, if they just played this opener just to get people you know warmed up and you know vibing and ready for the the show at hand, that that still I think would have worked. That would have been really cool, but. For all I know, this song is going to com- take a massive turn somewhere and just and just rock our faces off. Uh, so yeah. I guess uh, let's find out, yeah? Yeah, but short, short of taking that left turn, what we've heard so far has the beat, has, has the vibe of everything mm-hmm. you want to, op- to open the show. Yep, I agree. Yeah. yeah. But uh, like Mark said, uh, pretty much every song we've done so far has taken that turn. So we'll see what happens with Fools here as we continue on. I think I think that the issue with the song and probably why it didn't get the play is the chorus, right? <laughs> like to me, to me, the chorus feels like it's falling. I don't know about you guys, but for me, versus where we started and where we where we continued, now we're into the chorus a little bit, and it's falling flat for me. Oh, mm-hmm. I kind of like the chorus just because I like that line. I live with fools because you, you look at the lyrics up to this point. It's about you know I ain't about to go to school. Uh, I never see them, but they're always on my back. Well, I'm sick and tired of cleaning room, and it's the final bell for pushing broom. Like, like we said, it's very young Dave type yeah. lyrics, right? I live with fools, uh, but you know, I I, I, I love the harmony. I, I love the you know Eddie and Mike uh, back there on background vocals, right? And uh, that line, "I live with fools," seems like a very 
you know, if I was playing the backyard uh, high school circuit, you know, th- this is the, the the kind of lyrics I'd probably come up with. I was just going to say, uh, Michael is very much, uh, his presence is very much over this one. Um, so <laughs> it's very, very notable. I'm not mad at it. Um, and now I, and now I know why this was one of their songs during their bar days. This song sounds like a bar song. Like, it just sounds like you're, you're at a dive and you're just, you're, you're kicking it. Maybe you're not even paying attention, but you're paying attention just enough because the song rocks and you're just having a good time throwing a few back. It, at least it gives me the bar vibes. So it makes sense. Makes sense. They would play this uh, back in, back in their uh, bar playing day. So I, I get it. It it works. I can see that. Yeah. Like uh, it, it sounds like a bar track. I, I can see where it, it's kind of leaving John a little flat, but. I'm I'm picturing myself, uh, you know, when I was 16 years of age in Plentywood, Montana, with my fake ID that said I was 21, uh, you know, w- <laughs> with a, a a Schlitz or a Coors Light in my hand, li- listening to a song like this from a local bar band. So uh, I, I totally Coors get Light. that. Yeah, <laughs> my man. Um, do you think it, it it's falling flat for you at this point, Mark? The 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 chorus. Uh, I mean. <laughs> Not really, but I do see John's point in it. But then again, I'm looking at it from a point of, uh, and we've we've gone over it er- almost every time we've done a Dave tune. Uh, the choruses, there's not much to them. There, there's not a lot. Uh, usually, it's <laughs> it involves the title. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. Title of the track. Sometimes that's all it is. Yep. It's just the title <laughs> of the track. So, you know, this one, it makes me blue. I live with fools. It makes me blue. Yeah, it just feels it feels like a typical kind of Dave chorus. He's not really putting a whole lot of uh, thought into it or uh, maybe it's too, very on the nose. I don't know. Um, it's it doesn't uh, necessarily fall flat just because I think it works for the, for the song, but I could definitely understand uh, where John's coming from in terms of it falling flat for him. Um, Cause it's not a great chorus, but I guess you're not really well, listening for a great chorus. At least I'm not. No, no but to, to that point, you, fi- you figure that it, at, at this stage of their career, they're playing what 11 songs or so live. Oh, probably, yeah, more. probably this is the third album, so they're they're, more, they're, yeah, they're yeah. opening at this point. Yeah, so you're thinking maybe like 18. Okay, so they're playing 18. Is this going to end up being after the next after the next album? Like, is this going to be in their top 18 tracks 
to play. And that's probably why it falls off. Right? Uh, I got you. I see what you're saying. You, you, you know, you know, like when I say it's falling flat, it's not falling flat for like average Joe band. Mm-hmm. Right. But, you know, as I stated near the top of the show, Van Halen's always in my playlist and, and, and there's not a lot of the tracks that fall flat anywhere. And by flat, I mean, versus what the rest of the song is, right? Like if this is a regular band and you're hearing the song, you're going to be blown away. But this is Van Halen and the standard I think is a lot higher. And I think the bar to get a bar of what a great song is and what a song that maybe doesn't get played live is higher too, right? So, so, so if this is their 19th best song as Van Halen's 19th best song, that's still their 19th best song but it's not getting played live anymore. Well, and probably John, John's exactly right. Cause I'm looking at a set list from 1976, which is two years before Van Halen won and fools was the closer. Oh. If you can believe it, but <laughs> there, there was also like, you know, they, they played on fire. They played somebody to get me doctor. Uh, I'm the one running with the devil. Uh, this is actually the, the earliest known performance of running with the devil, May 29th, 1976, but they didn't play it. Uh, past uh, the release of Van Halen 1, only one time, or I guess, uh, what did I say, 1970? Yeah, only one time they played it in 1980 at the Riverfront Coliseum, April 24th. Mm. So so that would have been, you know, Van Halen 2. Uh, I mean, you know, they, they had cool, so many so. so many other great tracks to work with. I guess, you know, when you're, you only can play for so long in a given show. So <laughs> they figure we can scrap fools. I think it's okay. And it was the second song played that night. And that was the only time on that tour and since that they ever played Fool. So mm. John has a point. Guess they weren't too crazy about it. So uh, fair enough. <laughs> All right, let's keep going. I just can't take it. I'm All right. Lyrically, we have uh, uh, my teachers all gave up on me. No matter what they say, I disagree. And when I need something to soothe my soul, I listen to too much rock and roll. Very, very Dave lyrics, especially early Dave, right? Mm. Uh, The circus circus has just left town. Why behave in public? If you're living on a playground, it makes me blue. Ooh, I live with fools. So, uh, yeah, lyrically, not much there. But uh, around this era of Van Halen, that's kind of what you'd expect, right? Yeah. But, but but I'm nodding my head along to to, to the riffs, mm-hmm. you know. Eddie's just giving it a, a, enough flair to not overpower the song, but to show Eddie's playing. Um, Alex is doing his thing on the drums, and and Mike 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 Michael is doing his bit on the bass. And, and to me, the harmony and, and the riff really play well. Um, here and and the lyrics are just a sp- sprinkle on top as they usually are on a Van Halen track, especially at this stage of their career. Yeah, exactly. Especially yeah. early. Van yeah, I, 
Yeah, I am. I I echo what John said. Just Eddie's not doing a lot. This is very much a, a rhythm section song. Uh, so Eddie's just kind of uh, providing a little bit of extra flair, as John said. Just he he's doing enough to let to remind you he's still there, but he's not doing anything like overly crazy. Um, the, the the main riff is the main riff, but I would again say it's more of the rhythm section. You know, Michael and Alex on the bass and drums, respectively doing the most and then of course dave is is uh doing dave uh, you know in in every sense of the word uh and then there's eddie in the background you know he's he's letting you get get a little bit of his little ornamentation he's doing his eddie van halen thing and it's fine um but he's not he's not overpowering it yeah whatsoever so that's uh it's an interesting sort of uh take on the song I'd like to try to add something to the show for you guys, because I really feel that doing Dave, doing Dave isn't doing Dave justice. I always felt lyrically and and, and melodically Dave does vocal jazz hands very well. You mean he just shakes them? He just, he just shakes. No, no. Like if you could picture like what somebody does, like what one does with jazz hands and jazz fingers. Mm -hmm. Right. But Dave does that with his voice and in lyrics to a song. So if Van Halen is a body of a person, Dave is the melodic jazz hands of the group. <laughs> I mean, I uh, when, you, when you put it like that, sure. Yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> now, uh, I don't know if you guys notice this. It sounds to me kind of like Dave is kind of back in the mix a little bit. He's not as out front as he was on Van Halen 1 or Van Halen 2. Uh, he, he's maybe, yeah, he's... He, Maybe Ted Templeman has kind of realized Dave's not the strongest vocalist or the Van Halen brothers realized, well, they always kind of knew he wasn't the strongest vocalist as they, they were right, really yeah. Dave fans. I mean, he, he wasn't their first choice. No, and, not, <laughs> like, not even close. Second choice. They, they brought him into the band because he had the PA system, but uh, he, you know, he, he sound he's not up front in the mix. Like he was in those earlier albums. He, he's kind of back a little bit, isn't he? Right. Maybe they're, uh, it's hard. If it was a different producer, I might've said that, uh, Oh, well, that's just the new producer's style of doing things, whatever, but no, maybe, uh, maybe Ted's sort of realizing some, or maybe he's just trying something new. Maybe he even, uh, told the guys in the band, like, Hey, what if we, uh, try this instead of what we normally do? Um, and this being the third album and the guys are already probably reaching for material because as you say, uh, record an album, tour, 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 record an album, tour, so they're like, yeah, sure, whatever. Do, do what you think you can do to help keep us fresh and relevant. You know, we'll just we'll worry about whatever tunes we're doing. So maybe that had something to do with it, or maybe in uh, when recording this particular track, uh, maybe Dave was off the rails, and as a good producer does, in order to keep the vocals from going too off the rails, they gotta uh, work some magic. And perhaps, perhaps uh, Dave being sort of uh, more more in the back of the mix uh, is is Ted doing some producing magic. I don't know. That's my only speculation.
right, Mark, you're the guitar player on the panel. What'd you think of that? That's an Eddie Van Halen solo. That's, <laughs> that's pretty much what I got for that. Um, this isn't, I don't think this is his uh, finest hour, but it's certainly not his weakest. Uh, he, what Eddie does best, I feel, and we've talked about this, in a given song, he plays the solo that best fits the song, and I, and that tends to um, help the song a lot more. There are times where he will play a solo, and the solo will save the song, at least for me, because the, the song might drag, and then Eddie's like, ah, I got this, come on. And then uh, it's like, hey, how about that? Nice track, just because of the solo. This one, this one felt like the, the solo that was meant to be for this song. And it also sounds like this is uh, one that he probably knew very, very well, given that this is one of their uh, earlier uh, songs that they performed. So he probably just, th I wouldn't be shocked if uh, this was one of his first big solos in, uh, in Van Halen uh, when they were writing music together, like, Oh man, check this out. I, 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 I nailed it. I got all the notes. I nailed it. Yeah. And he was like, so proud of it. Little did he, you know, anyone realize it would be just a footnote later on in his career with some of the great solos he would do. But again, that's just me 100% speculating because I cannot get inside the mind of the man, but I like the solo. I think it was good. Very, very blues heavy, but the song is blues heavy. So it fits. Uh, how'd you feel, Corey? Exactly that it's, it's blues heavy, but the song is blues heavy. Like uh, everything about this song screams the blues. That's why I equated it to uh, like early Aerosmith and John equated it to like early Zeppelin because they're both very much blues bands, very heavy rock and blues bands. So uh, th that's kind of how I saw it too. John, what did you think? I, I really, I really dug what, what he was doing. I felt like I got cut a little short. Like, like I felt like Dave cut in a little bit early. Mm -hmm. um, I probably would have liked another, you know, 15, 30 seconds of it. Um, it, it just felt, it, it just felt like, if it, the song was vibing and flowing very well and the solo feel, felt like it almost hit a cliff, like, and, and now we're going back into the song and it's like, I, I could have used a little bit more of a transition back into the song. I get it. I, I would agree with that it didn't seem that long. Yeah. Like, like you said, there, there, it seems like there should be another measure after that where, mm -hmm. where Eddie kind of extras out of the, the, uh, the solo. So yeah, I totally get that. All right. Let's keep going here with fools. <laughs> Mark is so happy. Why tell everybody why you're happy, Mark? Because we got this bit bob now. <laughs> and I said if we didn't get it in this song based on the description that Dave gave it, I would be really upset. And here I am, so happy. 
I wish you all could see the smile on my face right now. And there's still 38 seconds left on the outro of this song, so we're going to get more of it. More zoopity bops. <laughs> God bless him. John, any comments on how we're ending the song here tonight? I, I, I think it's really appropriate. I, the, the song itself as a whole, I don't know how I feel about it, but the parts of the song I'm really enjoying. Um, we could probably talk about how, how it works as a whole later, but as we're breaking down each part of it, we're getting all the pieces that you want out of a Van Halen song. And, and, yeah. and with, 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 with Dave doing his vocal jazz hands right here, that this is this is Dave's vocal jazz hands <laughs> that at work. Literally, yes. 100%. 100%. <laughs> 100% what it is. Yeah. All right. Let's listen to the last 38 seconds here. Mark, you are so happy right now. Explain to everybody why you're laughing. I'm oh oh my god. Well, because there for a second it sounded like he just got sick of doing it, and he was just kind of like <laughs> the intent. The Templeman's probably just like I don't know. Keep keep doing something. The song's still going. Like <laughs> and I don't know. That's that's some of the funniest things I've ever heard from Ben Halen. So that is why I'm laughing. That that to, to Mark's point is David Lee Roth doing his best Muppet impression at the end of the song. <laughs> He nailed it. I want to see that Muppet on the Muppet Show. <laughs> Bring it back. It, 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 it would have been very fitting. It was it was the right time. The, the Muppets were on the air. Mm -hmm. And if there was a Muppet that came on, like the Menomina Muppet, but just started doing like some some like bored David Lee Roth, like <laughs> bored David Lee Roth. That would be the best Muppet. <laughs> It's it's almost if if Animal wasn't a drummer, he'd be bored. David Lee Roth. <laughs> How long are the brothers gonna play? All right. Yeah, that's it's Animal. Yeah. It's like yeah. Just going. We need three more bars. Yeah, yeah. we need three more bars. Like, and he just he just yeah. ran out of things to say. Like, just, and you notice he wasn't going like noises now. And he he wasn't doing the 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 the, the typical like high pitch stuff, right? He, it was. You know, the, no, this is didn't. 1980, David Lee Ross. So he's like, <laughs> he was uh, tired. We'll say that. Yeah. <laughs> he's not tired there. He's, yeah, he is. All on it. Yeah, he's not woohoo. And he's there just kind of, no, yeah. no and just. <laughs> He's doctor teething it, yeah. He is. All, right. <laughs> All right, John, just so you know, at this point in the show, we vote on whether uh, we like the song or not. And how we do this is we have uh, two sound clips from the Sammy Hagar era. One is uh, from Dreams, uh, where we say that's what dreams are made of. Or if we didn't like it, uh, dream another dream. This dream is over. So we're going to start with Mark Meyer. He's going to look in the camera, give me a thumbs up or thumbs down, and then I'm going to play the clip. Mark, 
Is this what dreams were made of, or is this dream over? The honest answer is that this is not uh, one of Van Halen's greatest songs. There is a reason why you won't find this one on any of their greatest hits albums. You won't. But it, it is also more to what John said. You get little pieces, little snippets of everything that you do want in a Van Halen song, at least I feel, uh, especially during the Diamond Dave era. You're getting uh, the flair of Eddie. You're getting a strong rhythm section with Alex and, uh, and Michael. And you're getting Dave doing uh, what Dave can do. He's not doing a ton of the hows and the, the woos and why, you know, all the thing. He's not doing a ton of those. And that's fine because you can't do it all the time. You get, uh, otherwise, it gets stale. You got to keep it somewhat fresh. And need I say more about the boop, bop, zoop, bop? That's all I wanted from this song based on the description. And I got it. I got a lot of it there in the last 38 seconds. So I'm very, very happy about that. I'm not hard to please. Um, I know some people out there will go like, well, that doesn't make any sense that you gave this one a thumbs up and uh, some other more maybe worthy tracks uh, a thumbs down. But you know what? Hey, whatever get off of me it's it's our show <laughs> this is it's our know, show yeah it's our show this is this is this is how i feel this song made me feel like i was rocking out in a bar and it's fun to rock out in the bar you know so that's i got what i needed from it that's what dreams are made of uh but uh let's let me ask you uh cory is this what dreams are made of or is uh the dream over This is not the best song on Women and Children First, but it's fun. I had a lot of fun listening to this. I had a lot of fun with my friends, Mark and John, listening to this track. And I had a lot of fun listening to David Scat uh, at, at the end of the song. And, and the band was tight and the harmonies were great. Uh, this is one of my favorite Van Halen albums. I'm a big fan of Women and Children First. And, uh, th you know, th this isn't the first track I, 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 I gravitate to. Obviously, there are some huge hits uh, on this album. And the Cradle Rock came from this album. Everybody wants some Romeo's delight, uh, even a song like in a simple rhyme, uh, which is kind of a, a low key, a huge Van Halen song, but I had a lot of fun with fools. So uh, I had a lot of fun with you guys here tonight. A lot of fun breaking this down. So I'm absolutely going. That's what dreams are made of. So that that's two to the positive. Let's go over to Mr. John Mariano. John, what's your vote? So um, to, to your point, like we, we've heard that this isn't their greatest track, and I think that's unfair. This is one of the greatest bands of all time. Mm -hmm. But this is a track that, had I heard it before tonight, would have easily been in my rotation, and I'm going to add it to my rotation. While as a whole, I don't know that I love the song. I love every part of the song, and it gives me all the flavors of Van Halen. I think early on, you know, Mark and I were, were trying to figure out, is this early Van Halen? Is this experimental Van Halen? And Mark was right. This is early Van Halen. They are clearly figuring out who they are, and they're putting all the parts in place at different parts of the song later on in their career. We're going to hear parts of this song as entire songs 
you, you know, and, and that's when they figure it out is, oh, let's do the Dave Scott song or, oh, let's do the Eddie Experimental song or let's do the the, the Michael and Alex rhythm song. And and they, they do work that out and figure that out. And then they fla- learn how to sprinkle in and flavor in the other pieces better. Um, but to hear this and to hear, you know, the progression of what this is going to become um, is pretty special. Very well said. And uh, you, you know who else would agree is... Uh... Oh! Oh, yes! David loved it, too. Of course he did. <laughs> he got to yeah! scat and he got to have fun. <laughs> of course he did. So our first track for Women and Children First, Mark, uh, I, don't, I thought it was a good one to start off with. What do you think? I think so, too. Wouldn't have been my uh, first choice uh, whatsoever from this album. But, hey, you know, that is that is just the spin of the wheel. That is, that's how we do it here. And that is part of the fun. The part of the fun that we have on here, but we have lots of fun. That's the goal of doing this podcast. We've mentioned it before. We do this because it's fun. We don't do it because, you know, we have just super opinions about Van Halen music and the world must hear it. Like, no, we do this for fun because we love this band and we love what they do. But, you know, with an open mind and uh, with some fresh takes and perhaps to show you that not all of their catalog is invincible. Uh, you know, there, there's a few duds in there, but nobody is immune to a few duds in their catalog, especially when you've been around for as long as Van Halen has. So that's all it is, but it's all love. We do it out of love, and that's why we do this. And we love having guests on our show as well, especially uh, especially John. We we like to bust his balls, but that's because he does Absolutely. it to us. But we but we but we love having him on. So John, um, any any words? parting thoughts and uh where can people find you if they want to uh, impose those uh words and thoughts upon you zip it up (laughs) (laughs) um thanks for having me this this podcast is fantastic i love you guys um i love you guys beyond this podcast but you guys doing this podcast i think is something really special um talking music breaking it down in this way and talking about this band and 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 their impact on on rock in our lives, I think is a really special thing. Um, where can people find me? I, I have been helping out our buddy uh, Ken Knapsack over on his Twitch channel. Um, Tuesday nights, we we ride uh, we ride the West on uh, Red Dead Redemption. But the big thing, if you want to support him, is over on Mixcloud. He's doing this pop rock and radio. Most of you guys are radio fans. And Ken DJs, he puts together killer playlists. Um, usually every Saturday night, and he's been sprinkling in some during the week as well. Um, you can listen to him live on Mixcloud, or you can listen to him, you know, uh, um, on his back catalog. Um, each episode's like a two-hour block of Ken playing, spinning some of the best music. And the best thing about Mixcloud is some 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 of the uh, some of the money and everything goes goes to the artist, which is really important. Nice. Very cool. Big shout out to Ken Knapsack there. Absolutely. Uh, good dude. Good dude. Uh, Corey, where can the people find you if they want to give you their thoughts on this song? You can find me at CD Morset on Twitter and Instagram. And of course, uh, the show Twitter is at Podcast Will Rock. Uh, the website is podcastwillrock.com. Uh, we're getting a ton of tweets, a lot of new followers. Uh, thank you, everybody. Uh, you know, we're one of the most popular music commentary podcasts in Australia. Very Ooh. excited about that. 
you know, we, we, we've hit the charts in the U.S., in Canada, in Thailand, and now Australia. We've actually charted higher in Australia than any other country. So God bless you, Australia. Let's throw <laughs> another shrimp on the barbie. Uh, I'm here for you. And let, let's keep the conversation going. I know a lot of people commented on last week's show. Um, the votes were overwhelmingly in favor of Chinatown, as, as uh, Mark and I were as well. Uh, so I'm curious to see what everybody out there in the Twitterverse thinks of fools from women and children first. Absolutely. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, please Australia. If you want to have us over as special guests, please do that. That would be awesome. We'll fly uh, down. Can, we're, we're, we're cool with that. Absolutely. We yeah. totally will. But if you we'll do a live you, show, if you want to, uh, front those tickets too, that would be, yeah, we wouldn't be <laughs> mad about that. That's fine. Um, uh, but we know times are tight. You can find me at Mark the bat on Twitter and Instagram as Corey said, uh, uh, at Podcast Will Rock, that's our Twitter. Yeah, we love uh, interacting with you guys. We love the polls, the rocking polls, as it were. Um, very curious to hear how you guys react to this particular track. And uh, I got to say, I don't think this is going to be the last time we hear from our friend Mariano. I think Mariano oh, I will grace us with his presence again, uh, even if we have to drag him uh, kicking and screaming. Uh, we'll do it. We'll find a way because uh we've we've just barely scratched the surface out of this character so i assure you uh good times are coming i'm gonna keep coming back until until we catch a sharon song so <laughs> have me back as often as you want <laughs> maybe maybe every time the wheel spins a sharon song we just we call in john and be like hey uh you want to be on the show real quick uh, we're just gonna do this song <laughs> just every time it's a Sharon song, that'll be our bit. So I, I gotta, I gotta know, I gotta get John's comments on how many say I because that is one of the worst <laughs> songs I have ever heard, and I, I need to know Mariano's comments on that one. All right, so yeah, be on the lookout for that. It's gonna, it's gonna happen. It's be a, uh, and one of these days we'll get to infamous Christie on the show as soon as we spin uh, the song that she wants to hear. Believe me, it, <laughs> that that's gonna be a good time. Uh, but we always have a good time talking about one of the greatest rock and roll bands of all time, Van Halen. That's what the show is all about. That's why you tune in. Thank you all for tuning in. We are and the podcast will rock and we will rock you later. Later.